Welcome to the Orisha Podcast. Follow us on social media at the Orisha Center or visit our website at theorisha.com. Greetings and welcome everyone to the Orisha Podcast. I am Chief Yuya and of course, as usual, there's been some time in between uh, this session and our last session, uh, almost a year, I think, within a, within a few months, perhaps. The same held true for the Chief Yuya podcast up until a recent segment I did. So um, we're, we're putting some effort into getting things going and moving again. But um, in this segment, I wanted to speak about the most powerful Orisha. All right. Who is the most powerful Orisha? And I know this is a question that comes up often. Why? Because I'm often asked it uh, via social media as well as um, I see this commented on many videos. And the question came in again recently on a video. And I have to be honest, usually I don't answer the question, but uh, I felt compelled to shed some light on the, I guess we could say the strength or the, or the power hierarchy of the Orisha, because uh, there are a lot of um, different individuals who are giving information about uh, who's stronger, who's smarter, who's faster, who's pow- more powerful, who's meaner, who's more dangerous, so forth and so on. And a lot of times they will share that information based on what they tell you they have experienced or even perhaps what they have learned from their instructors. So people ask that question for different reasons, of course. I think most often it's because they want to work with a particular energy and they would like to find out they would like to find out who can do what for them the quickest or or who can basically who can serve them uh in a way that they that they want. So there was a comment left by Michael Mendez on the segment that I did on uh the YouTube channel The Arisha, The Arisha. And if you're not subscribed, please go subscribe so that way you know when stuff is coming. And uh He said, who is the most powerful Orisha in your opinion? Please explain. And I'm just using his his question as the reference point, because there's so many times that has been um, not not necessarily questioned, but commented on. Uh, For instance, we have a segment. And it's really just a a snippet of an old Ogun show on that particular channel where it was entitled on YouTube Ogun, the most powerful Orisha. And uh, I actually didn't didn't title it that. So, um, you know, one of my assistants had created that title as well as uploaded that sample. You know, I always try to tell people, even though they don't believe me, that I'm not actually running everything by myself, by myself, you know. So um, a lot of those segments on YouTube, you know, of course I did them. So. Uh, but they were originally Block Talk radio segments. So some years back, uh, I had tasked out to my assistants to snatch the audio off of Block Talk, uh, at least snippets, and put them on YouTube. So 
they titled them and they put the descriptions themselves and uh, even mo- most of them, the, the uh, images that went behind them. Right. So uh, needless to say, we have this concept of the most powerful. Right. And again, the question comes up often. And the comment, if you look underneath that video, under that YouTube video, you hear a lot of uh, feedback on that idea. Ogun is not the most powerful. Oya is the most powerful. Ogun is not the most powerful. Yemanya is the most powerful. Ogun, you know, everyone has something to say. And if you will notice, there's no comments by me because I don't really, I don't really do that. <laughs> and, you know, when someone jumps into a space speaking that way, they pretty much already let me know the level that they're at. So I don't really have to, um, I don't really have to come off of my throne and sink down into the water to have that, that water fight with an individual. You know, I just kind of let, let it, let it stay where it's at. So I've never said anything, but, uh, this individual, Michael Mendez asked the question, and Lisi asked, most people just correct. No, that's not true. It's this. No, that's not true. It's that. And, you know, unsolicited corrections uh, is about as valuable as unsolicited advice. And usually just as appropriate. <laughs> All right. So, again, getting back into the idea of the most powerful Arisha, um, there is no most powerful Arisha collectively. So what do I mean by collectively? I mean, the most powerful Orisha is like your is like your favorite artist or your favorite movie. You know, uh, favorite is much different than best, right? So if someone says, well, who's the best singer? Who's the best trumpet player? Who's the best drummer? Who's the best rapper? Who's the best film director? Well, ultimately, it's going to be the one who I relate to the most. And the one who I relate to the most is going to be the best. If you if you speak about hip hop and you ask anyone aged, let's say, from, um, I would say, 30, maybe 35, 40, up until about 55, 50, 50. We'll even just say, we'll say 35, 40 to 50. Who's the best rapper? They're all going to start with Biggie <laughs> or they're going to say Pac, you know, um, because and, and they might say Jay-Z. They may say Nas or probably say Biggie, Pac, Nas. Right. If you go back before that, you're going to hear things like Grandmaster Cass, uh, Melly Mel, Kumo D, you know, so forth and, and, and so on. And then if you ask someone who's younger, they may tell you Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, King Los. You know, so forth and so on. Right. So ultimately, it's the one that you relate to the most. Right. If if you think about comedy. Right. Think about Eddie Murphy, who's getting ready to do a reboot or I, I think a, se- a sequel, not a reboot, excuse me, to coming to America. Uh, and he's getting ready to start doing stand up again. Many people are very excited about it. And, you know, I would love to um, check him out because, of course, you know, one of my favorite comedians. Uh, however, a lot of his humor that I enjoyed so much and, and, you know, years ago and, you know, when he was doing stand up was based on the impersonations that he did of the individuals who were popular figures at that time. 
I don't necessarily think that people would laugh to an imitation of Ralph Cramden or Mr. T, you know, or even Bill Cosby or Michael Jackson at this time or Gumby. Right. Because um, they're relating to a different set of values and a different set of information. So it's the same thing as it relates to the Orisha. The one that you relate to the most and the one that you're that you intuit the most and is really which may end up being your favorite is actually the one that's going to be the most powerful for you or to you. Now, why is that? Because when you ask a question like, first of all, let me let me disqualify the question because, you know, you know, I pick apart questions first because your questions reveal your your mentality. And a lot of times your mentality is just not where it should be or where it's best to be in order to understand certain information. Um, when you say, who is the most powerful Orisha in your opinion? Please explain. Um, my opinion is, is inconsequential. So when I, don't, I never offer my opinion, I don't give my opinion. If I'm inside of my home with the door closed and, you know, we're just kicking it, you know, my family or my friends or my loved ones, then you may hear my opinion. Outside of that, you're not going to hear my opinion. Okay. Um, opinions are always debatable. And especially in an, in an online environment, things that are debatable usually will be debated. <laughs> and uh, a lot of times it's not the most pleasurable experience. And you can't win as a man. In online debates, as a man, you will always—it's um, a feminine environment. So the moment you speak up and say something, people will start stabbing at you, using shaming tactics. Uh, why are you so angry? Who upset you? This—you know—they start playing those little silly games. And of course, you know, as men, our recourse or our natural recourse—we can't really enact in a cyber environment. So. I never give my opinions, uh, even publicly, even if I'm doing a lecture or anything like that. I don't, I'm not into that. I will give you the truth. And the truth can be deliberated, which is great. You know, we can, when we deliberate the truth, we can break it apart and see what's inside of it and dissect it and, and look for the, the actual essence of, of where it began. But uh, opinion just pretty much leaves you going in, in debate circles. And I'm not much one um, for public debates for no real purpose. But anyway, so I won't give my opinion, but I will give the truth on who is the most powerful Orisha. And again, uh, to requalify the answer I gave earlier, the most powerful Orisha is the one that you're able to ascend with uh, the most or the one that you're able to relate to the most and have a quickening experience. And what that means is this. Um, when you think about the idea of power, power is basically capability. Right. So um, to be to be in, in just in a basic sense. Now, we can go beyond and we'll go slightly beyond. But just in a basic sense, if I was speaking to a five-year-old or a six-year-old, six years old, someone was six, and they said, what is power? I would say power is the potential to be able to do something or the capability to be able to do something. That's what I would say power is. And they would say, like, what do you mean the potential, the capability, Baba? And I would say, well, this is what power is. Like, you can talk, right? And they would say, yes, like, because you just asked me that question. So, yeah, you could talk. So I'd say you have the power of speech, can you hear what I'm saying? Yes. Well, you have the power 
of hearing. You see, so power, power um, is the control or the ability to enact different faculties. That's power. Right. So you have speech as a concept or as a modality, as a vehicle. You have hearing as a vehicle and the one who has the power or who receives and is able to expand and quicken the power of speech or hearing now becomes power, powerful in that place. That's why you have um, in our in our spiritual pantheons, you have like the energy of Oduduwa, which represents omnipotency. You know, or being all powerful. Now, why is all powerful significant? Because all powerful correlates itself to all knowing, right? How could I be all powerful if I don't know every place that power can exhibit itself? And of course, for me to know every place that power that exhibits itself, I have to be the author of that particular reality where power resides. Right. So let's say if I was a video game designer, for instance, and I designed the entire landscape, I designed every level, every character, tree, brush, everything. Right. Then I could be the all powerful deity, God or ruler of that digital environment because I am aware of everything that exists inside of that environment. And at any moment, just, you know, I can transmute or transmit myself into any any piece or constituent of said environment you see so so that's that's power you know it's almost like as a parent sometimes you have a child who does something they're not supposed to and you always catch them and they say you know how is it that you always catch me because i know you that's how i (laughs) that's how i always catch you because i know you you know so um you know, knowing is is directly connected to power. Hold on one second. I want to. Um, I know I'm making a lot of noise here. Give me one second. Okay, I have, um, I'm actually doing some some work for someone right now, and I have um, something being cleansed with um, uh, a, a smudge combination that I created, and the, the, um, the incense had knocked over <laughs> just now while I was speaking, so I just wanted to go and readjust that. All right, so anyway, uh, so yeah. That power, the way it manifests itself is through you knowing that a particular thing exists and then having the ability to communicate or again to transmit or to infuse that particular thing with your energy. See, that's the key. The ability to to infuse that particular object or or that reality or that matrix with your energy is how power is brought forth. Okay, so for instance, when we talk about Orisha, and as many of you know, in my book, Grasping Root of Divine Power, one of the things that I say in the beginning of that Orisha chapter is I just give a a breakdown of the word Orisha, Ori-sa. Ori is consciousness, sa means to seat or to select, right? 
So my ability to transmit or to send the energy of my ori into a particular consciousness is what is what empowers that particular consciousness. Okay, that's what empowers it. So, ah, oh, it, it fell over again. All right, I'm gonna keep talking, but I'm gonna <laughs> move across the room a little bit while I'm talking. Willfully, you all can hear me. You know, unfortunately, I don't always get time to just stop everything and um, do segments. Eventually, I will, but for now. I got. I usually most of the time when I'm speaking and doing segments, unbeknownst to you all, I have about five to six things happening at the same time, which is one of the reasons why sometimes I prefer to do the podcast over the YouTube video because, um, you know, I don't have to stand there and kind of be stationary while I'm sharing with you all. All right, so. And, and I, I just can only will that you were able to hear everything I said. So anyway, back to, to this idea. Um, so power now exhibits itself when we have, first of all, a mind-body connection. And we're able to transform the energy of ourselves, the energy of our mind, the energy of our body, the energy of our spirit, and transform it, of course, a different plane of consciousness, right? So, for instance, um, a glass of water is a plane of consciousness, right? That water, or omi, is a different segment, different plane, different even realm, we could almost say. No, not realm, I'm sorry. Cut realm, cut realm, cut realm. Different dimension, of consciousness and our ability to transmit our consciousness into that particular place is an exhibition of our power, right? Because we now will see the water or Omi do certain things and we say, Oh, water is powerful. And we don't realize it's, it's not the water itself that is powerful. It holds the potential to receive power. And then when we transmit into it, then it can make something happen. Right. And the same thing goes for any of your spiritual items on your jingile. You know, um, they they are pretty much in it. They may be even if they're organic, they're pretty much inanimate until you animate them through the transmutation or again, the transmission of your energy and your con your consciousness. And there's a, you know, there's a journey that consciousness takes, right? So it's not like you just transmit it into these things. And then it's kind of like a, a dead end, if you will. Right. Um, they actually go through them. So for instance, if you transmit your consciousness into a pile of iron, it doesn't just stay in the iron. It, 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 feels that experience it goes through that experience and then it travels to another plane whether it goes now from the iron let's say you put the iron on the ground and it may go from the iron into the earth or it may go up into the air or maybe you have fire near near it and you know or maybe you blow tobacco smoke onto the iron and it goes from the tobacco smoke into the iron and then back into this tobacco smoke back out into the air you know and and so forth and so on maybe somebody else will breathe it in now it goes through their experience so this is basically the transmission of energy 
and the transmission of life that we have not only in our our Arisha work or in Ifa work, but just in life period. There's a there's a sense of um, exaltation of our energy at all times when we're sending it out. Right. Either way, everything is going to go up. <laughs> like we say, what goes up must come come down. Uh, well, what's down must go up. All right. So um, it's the law of reverse gravity, if you will, because when we break that that bondage or that that um, that carcer or the incarceration of time. Right. Then we're allowed to extend now to our highest pinnacle and our highest pinnacle is us being um, stood erect back into our source. You know, through this whole life, we're slowly waking up. We're slowly coming back to a perpendicular point, slowly coming back to an erect point. And then when we get to that, uh, that erection or that erect point, you know, that's 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 the climax. That's the pinnacle. That's the crescendo, if you will. Right. So the most powerful Orisha is the Orisha that not only we are able to transmit the most energy into, but is able to receive the most energy from us. Now, of course, I know what your next question is. Well, which Orisha is able to receive the most energy? Well, that depends on your relationship with it. Do you know how many receptacles it has to receive? You see, I'll give you an example. Years ago... I was doing some work for someone. Uh, well, no, it, yeah, well, yeah, it was it was a couple of people. It was it was a it was a group of people, and um, we were having this really large bimbe after uh, we were doing the work. We were doing uh, some shango initiations, yemunja, and I think we did an oshun. Um, but you know, we we were doing a, a good amount of work, and of course, I I had the knife. You know, I I always have the knife. You know, when it comes time for that, they, all right, come on, Haru. <laughs> so uh, we're doing the work, and um, afterwards, you know, there was a I won't mention the name. They're very popular, uh, Arisha singing group, very popular. Um, they were coming to perform for the Bimbe. And they came in the night before the bimbe, like pretty much after we had done all of the major work. And um, one of my elders was there. And so we were we were just, you know, up having fun, you know, um, playing cards, you know, playing cards and drinking wine and just, you know, cracking jokes and everything. And um, I was like, you know, Bobby, do you want me to go and see if they want to join us? And he was like, nah, I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, you know, spend no time with them. And I was like, why not? He was like, because they're going to they're gonna want to talk Orisha stuff all night. You know, he's like, I, ain't, I don't feel like it. <laughs> so, of course, now I found myself saying similar many a time, many, many, many a time. Most of the time when people are around me, they think I enjoy just answering questions all day. That's what I do for fun. Yeah, let me ask you another thing, Chief. And Chief, let me ask you this. And Chief, let me and I just like I, I got to get away from you. I got to get away from you, you know, because there's other things I I I enjoy, you know. Um, so it's the same kind of thing, you know. When you can only see a few, maybe one or two or three connecting points to an energy, and you're not able to see the larger scope of what that energy particularly is, which comes through knowing. 
you know, comes through study and things like that, then you you don't you don't get to really empower it at all the levels that it may want to be empowered at because you only have a little bit of it, if you will. You only have a little knowing of it. So it go that goes for Arisha, that goes for Lawal, that goes for any energy you're you're going to be working with. I'm going to tell you something interesting um, before I close this down. It even goes for people. You know, if you consider what we are, you know, as um, Inyan or or as those of us who are living inside of these flesh bodies, right? Uh, we are the transmission of higher divine consciousness into vehicles that are empowered now through that divine consciousness. We are, we are the, um, the examples. We are the living manifestations of power, right? Me speaking to you right now is a living manifestation of the power of Oludumare, you see, because, or, or the divine, right? Because what happens, um, there's an experience of, of internal internal experience or, or internal vision uh, hoping to become external vision, right? So what that essentially means is that we're operating in a realm that's material, but we have different ways that we manifest inside of this material reality. And ultimately, whatever we, we manifest inside of the material reality begins first within the consciousness of our thought, which is a power. We have the power of thought. Consciousness is not necessarily a power. It's just a thing that is. But consciousness can move into thought, right, which is a power. And then thought can move into emotion. Emotion can move into words or, you know, or, or and, then, and then those things can move into action. These are all power, the power of emotion, the power of words, the power of thought, the power of action. You see that? But it comes from a, an originating point of consciousness that now forwards itself into what we call creation or, or even the power of creation, a creative power, right? So there's an, there's, an, there's an elemental experience that happens in a sequential kind of way that kind of correlates with what we are and what we're manifesting as those as as all of creation and as a part of creation and this is the way that the divine works you see this this is the way that it works it takes that that which is within and it puts it to that which is without you see it takes the within and pushes it to the without and that within itself it it uses certain faculties of power in order to do that you see, so there's an there's an operative or operating principle here where we begin to take our consciousness and not only are we looking for the spiritual value in it and looking for the nugget within it, but we're also looking for that external point for it. It's very similar to the alchemical process where you have this middle point of mercury and then you have this more internal uh, idea uh, of um or let's say the external idea of sulfur, you know, the external idea of salt and how the mercurial energy or the mercurial vibration will move into the manifestation of salt, but coming from a more higher and divine place, you see? So working with the Rishas is the same thing. We have an idea 
uh, there's a consciousness that we have. And then we we see that consciousness, like we see the energy and the power of Ogun, Oshun, Shango, Oya, Arinle, you know, um, Olosa, Olokun, Oba, Oduruwa, Wumila, you know, we, of course the list goes on, you know, Ilegba, Laroye, uh, and we see it within our mind's eye. Now, what we're trying to do is to get that value and to get those attributes and those powers that we see within our mind's eye to manifest themselves in the dominion of of Mith Alfnun or the or in the dominion of man, right? So in that what we're doing is we're taking this pulsation or this surge of our divine energy from on high and we're using we're bringing it inside then we're taking inventory of our power what is our power okay all right i can talk let me see what else i got i can hear okay i can think you know okay what else i i can move right 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 okay cool 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 i can love okay cool i can i can murder you know, we, we go we go on and we go on and on and we take a quick inventory of all of our powers and then we take that surge of consciousness or energy and we send it out through whichever power it is that we want to manifest. And eventually through our total resurrection, when we become whole beings, we have become the omnipresent uh, manifestation of power and that. You know, we're, we're all present. We become Obatala. We're everywhere. You know, we are everywhere and we can spark movement and action everywhere through that light. Because that's, you know, Obatala is that light. That's that beginning, like Ofun Meji, you know, um, or the spirit of, of light, which is that spark that takes things into the beginning. So, who is the pow- most powerful, Orisha? <laughs> Back to your original question, right, Mr. Mendez? Uh, the most powerful Orisha is the one that you're going to know the most, like any other tool, whichever tool you know how to use the most. And you've taken and, 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 and really, really, really taking your time to learn and study is going to be the one that's most powerful for you. Um, me, I'll give you an example. I can do anything with ginger. You give me a piece of ginger. I can do anything. I mean, from heal to kill to invoke anything. Why? Because it was a time when I first discovered ginger. It was like when I was a child and I first discovered um, barbecue sauce. I was amazed. I was like, wow, this is like amazing barbecue sauce. And I used to put it on everything. I used to put it on tuna fish. Uh, of course, French fries. That's a, that's a given, right? You know, um, eggs, grits. You know, anything that I could squeeze it on, it was getting barbecue sauce because it was just, of course, just bread. You know, you can always want to want to keep it simple when you, you know, for the for the young man on the go, bread and barbecue sauce. Um, But it was like that. So I knew how to use barbecue barbecue sauce every which way from Sunday. And I learned so much about it that it became so powerful. I was like, oh, I got to stop eating this because this is actually rotting out my stomach lining. All right. Goodbye, barbecue sauce. <laughs> right? So, you know, of course, I'm a child. But, you know, we learn these things. It's good to learn these things before 9, 10 years old, you know. And then plus, it's no good getting in trouble for all these empty bottles. But I just bought this barbecue sauce. Who who used all this barbecue? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, 
so it's the same thing. When I first came into my studies of this, I didn't, you know, I didn't have the internet and PDFs and, and all these different places that I could find information in YouTube and Chief Yuya's and stuff like that. Um, the information came few and far between, if you will. So as a result, whatever little bit I had, I had to really learn how to work those tools. So really the most powerful energies even to this day for me to work with are the ones that I started with because those are the ones that I've really took the time to learn inside out, upside down. All right. So that's where your most powerful Arisha is going to lie. And the one that you have the respect uh, to learn the very most of, that's your most powerful. Oh, thunder. You probably can't hear that thunder, but thunder just hit really hard. Um, <laughs> and there's my confirmation. There's my confirmation. Yeah. So um, that most powerful Arisha is going to be the one that you take the time to really study and learn. It's very tempting to get on the Internet and say, what's the most powerful? Tell me, tell me that you're not going to get it like that. Learn. Like I always say, I stress education over initiation. And you got a million, a million and one people on the Internet right now. Sometimes they look at different posts where they're showing little samples of rituals that they're doing and things like that. And, uh, oh, I passed the 33 mark. I didn't want to do that. 33 minutes but all right so i'm gonna get ready to go but i see images of rituals and things like that and people are trying to impress you with the, the yoruba words that they know and and feathers stuck into things and palm oil dripping all over stuff and you probably look at it and say wow they know their stuff do they really know their stuff or are they parroting some stuff you see that's why i have the sedulu house so students can learn that's why we have these podcasts. We have these channels. I primarily speak about learning. I'm educating you because the more you know and the more you can apply that knowing through the, the surging of your consciousness into different inanimate or animate or, or organic or inorganic objects, the more powerful you will become. That's how you empower the reality around you by surging your consciousness into it. Or you can learn to control it and have a different kind of power over it because you take time to know it slash them. All right. That has been uh, the Arisha podcast has been good. This, this was good. You know, kicking it with you all again. I need to get back uh, to what I'm doing. And plus, now that I got some thunder happening, I really want to get um, back into my ritualization and um, kick it with Shango and Oya for a little bit <laughs> in this thunderstorm. It already started to rain, which is great because that means that consciousness is falling from on high. All right. Uh, this is Chief Yuya. Make sure you subscribe. If you like this, share it. Um, what's all the things? Uh, um, I don't remember. <laughs> I haven't done this in so long. Like, share, subscribe. Right. But this is the podcast. So subscribe and share it. Share it. Let everybody know. And remember, I got some new Orisha projects coming forth. They'll be on the Orisha.com. The Orisha.com. Uh, I got a wonderful um, book, a couple books coming forth, as well as some new um, videos. Got some, some videos that I'll be uh, sharing as well. Um, half lecture, half, um, instructionals. All right. So, and I, and I have another little small book.
book like uh, Mind Heart Words that I'm going to knock out pretty soon too. All right, so a lot of cool things happening before um, close the fourth quarter. 2020. All right, and to such time, this is Chief Yuya. Everyone, please be well and remain positive.